This podcast is brought to you in association with From Sweden with Love, one of the oldest fan sites dedicated to the world of 007. Online since 2004 and also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Why not check them out today? James Bond 007.se Nobody does it better. <laughs> or as they say in Stockholm these days, Ingen gör det bättre. Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this first episode in a series of podcasts dedicated to the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book, Ever Heard of Evil Knievel, is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on film. You'll hear clips from some of the interviews that have been undertaken over the years, where applicable, and sound clips from the movies themselves. The book, podcast, and YouTube series are also to be used as educational tools to learn from and to wander at. We should start at the very beginning, and the first adventure in the James Bond series, Dr. No. The name Bob Simmons became synonymous with the Bond movies and his action footprint is written all over it. Let's take a look at two of the action cues from the film that gave the audience an idea of what action in film was to look like over the next 50 plus years. Where would you like to go to first, sir? Oh, government house, but I'm not in a hurry. Just uh, take me for a ride. The chasing from the airport is also worth looking at here as the star of the film, Sean Connery, is actually in the back seat of the car as it drives at high speed along the road and is thrown violently into the corners. No five-point racing harness here. The driver, actor Reggie Carter, is doubled by Bob Simmons and Connery was told to hang on in the back for real. You always drive this fast. I told you I wasn't in a hurry. Sorry, sir, but I think there's some fella trying to follow us. Then I suggest you uh, try and lose them. As Bond confronts Mr. Jones and throws him from the vehicle, a scuffle ensues. Now, Mr. Jones, talk fast before your friend doubles back. Who are you working for? I don't know what you're talking about. I was just sent to meet you at the airport. Ah, but by whom? By government house. I don't think so. Both hands on the wheel, Mr. Jones. I'm a very nervous passenger. This is all Bob Simmons. All the physical falling is done by Bob, and in particular, a move that will be used over and over again. 
the Japanese somersault. But in order for this to work, Connery must sell it. What do I mean by that? Well, he has to give the impression that he is actually flipping Mr. Jones over onto his back. Simmons said himself, a screen fight must be choreographed, just like a ballet. In reality, he merely moves his arms up and down. Everything else is in the hands of Bob Simmons. He must gather enough momentum to bring his legs over his head and land flat on his back. Get out. Move! Keep your hands where I can see them. crops up again on a number of occasions during the series, and we'll catch up with each of them when those movies appear. Bond in bed, and this time his companion has more than two rather shapely legs. Sean Connery has been well documented that he's not the biggest fan of creepy crawlies. So you can imagine when he saw in the script that a tarantula spider is to walk across his body, well, uh, he wouldn't have been best pleased. So much so that Bob Simmons had already been contacted by the producers to prepare himself for the scene. One of those jobs that you wouldn't expect a stuntman to have trained for. In reality, back in the 60s, stuntmen didn't train for this type of work at all. Their training probably involved around horse riding, boxing and keeping fit. So Bob was asked to lie on the bed, and the eight-legged lady was dropped on his chest. Connery, on the other hand, had a length of plexiglass placed over him, and he would react accordingly, knowing full well that he was perfectly safe. But to be on the safe side, he jumped out of bed and killed her. up onto the gantry and starts turning the wheel on the reactor. A fight breaks out between Bond and the reactor technician. Bond throws a punch and the man falls over the railing and lands on the ground below. The reactor technician is played by stuntman Alan Gold and the fall is filmed in a wide shot. Now traditionally this type of shot would have been filmed as a cutaway. One shot of the punch then cut to a shot directly below the falling stuntman so we can see him falling right over the camera. Then perhaps an additional shot seeing the actor on the ground. But here Alan Gold falls and lands directly onto the ground, or so it would seem. Have a look at the footage again. Run it slowly. Watch the ground as he hits it. Watch the corners of the ground as he hits it. You can see the floor giving way and the corners lifting. 
the reason for this is another of Bob Simmons' clever twists on film action. A landing area made of cardboard boxes and mattresses is put in place below the railing where stuntman Alan Gold is to fall and then lowered below the level of the floor, just enough to give the impression from the camera angle that he's landing directly on the floor below and not onto a landing bed. Nowadays, it's called a porter pit. Bob had been doing this in films for many years. It wasn't just a great way of hiding a landing area for a stuntman, but it was also an excellent way of hiding a landing area for a horseful. Pits cut into the ground, covered with tarpaulin, and filled with straw and padding had been seen in movies that required mass horsefuls, like westerns or period pieces. Bob simply took the idea and changed the rules slightly. Both of these examples are a great way to see how this type of stunt has developed over the years. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the episodes on the Behind the Stunts YouTube channel. Until next time, bye-bye for now. (laughs) 